0: My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flack. Episode 202, Garage Sale Day. Greetings and salutations, listeners, and welcome to another episode of You Don't Know Flack. Today is May something, (laughs) and I am your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. On today's episode of You Don't Know Flack, we will be talking about Garage Sale Day, but before... We start talking about Garage Sale Day. We have a few loose ends to tie up on this week's Loading Time. Loading Time. Loading Time. Loading Time. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Know Flack. I'm a few days late on this episode. I've had things going on. I had computer issues. I had things going on in real life. And every now and then episode gets pushed back a little bit. But here we are. On a new episode of You Don't Know Flack, I can tell you one thing I have been working on is rearranging my computer room. I mean, this is my office and my computer playroom and my retro room, all in one big area. And uh, recently, I pulled out my SX sixty four, which is the portable Commodore sixty four and portable uh, <laughs> some. One man's portable is another man's luggable. <laughs> I think the, uh, SX 64 weighs a little bit over 20 pounds. Uh, so it was portable in the sense that it was, you know, everything was encompassed in one case and it had a handle on it, but, uh, it's certainly not, uh, the, the svelte <laughs> laptops of today that we think of, but, uh, I brought it out because, uh, I, I've had it for a long time and it still works. Everything works on it. If you've never actually seen one, it has a. Uh, it, it's a, a, a black or dark gray box. It's a big box and the keyboard detaches on the front, which reveals this small uh, color screen. I think it's a five inch screen and, um, it's certainly usable, but you wouldn't want to stare at that screen for a long period of time. And actually I was testing, uh, I was testing a, uh, a wifi modem. I'm going to be talking on the next episode of You Don't Know Flack, I'll be talking all about modems, so you can look forward to that episode, but I recently received a wireless modem for the Commodore 64 from Retro Rewind, uh, who's a host on Sprite Castle, or not a host, but a, uh, uh, a supporter, and um, so I was trying it out on that, and as I was looking around the room, you know, I have an entire, I have desks that go all the way around, they're pushed to the edge of the wall, and I was looking at all the Commodore 64 systems that I have set up. You know, I have right next to my desk is my Mister, which runs Commodore 64, 99% of everything. They're still tweaking it. They do minor tweaks. I think right now somebody is making a lot of updates to the uh, sound filters, but, you know, for playing games and the stuff that I do, it, it's um, all you ever need. And then right next to it, I have an Ultimate 64, which is the FPGA Replacement for the Commodore 64, which is just as good as the Mister. In some ways, it's better. In some ways, it's lacking a few things. But, um, but I have you know the two of those side by side, and then of course right next to that's the SX 64, and then in the corner I have my old real Commodore 64, the one I grew up uh, messing around with is in the corner of the room, and. And then next to that is the BMC64. That's the bare metal C64 that runs directly on top of a Raspberry Pi. And then above that, I, I didn't even have these on my list, but above that on my shelves, I have my, uh, the C64 Mini and the C64 Maxi. So it's just too, too much. Can you have too much Commodore 64 goodness in your life? I don't know. But when a lot of these things overlap, they, they greatly overlap. It's not like, each one does 90% of the stuff that the other ones don't do and 10% overlap. I mean, most of them, 95% is the overlap, especially now with the Wi-Fi modem. You know, on the the uh, Mr. and the Ultimate 64, I was able to get on BBSs, but I wasn't able to do that with the regular Commodore 64, but now I can do that too. So I don't know. I'm, I might have to put some of these away for a while. I might have to put some back in the... Uh, in the closet, you know, you can only play one at a time anyway. And, and when they all do the same thing, they're just taking up a lot of real estate. So I don't know. I mean, I, I could see myself. I really do like the, um, the bare metal C64, uh, just because it's so quick and it looks so good. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe I need to upgrade and need to put a bigger monitor on my Ultimate 64. I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, I think when you get older, you spend more time piddling with the stuff than you do playing the games. You know, I spend a lot of time moving machines around and hooking things up and testing things. But uh, unless I'm I'm streaming or doing something like that, I don't spend a lot of time playing the games. So I need to uh, invest more time in doing that and and maybe a little less time in hooking all this stuff up. I've also been following some discussions lately. There seem to be some actual um, more than than friendly uh, bantering back and forth. I mean, there was some kind of heated shots volleyed back and forth on Twitter over the Mister group versus the Raspberry Pi group, and back and forth. You know, it's always been this discussion of uh, emulation versus uh, simulation, which is what the FPGA does. And we had a interesting discussion a couple weeks ago on the TeamSpeak regulars, which is a group of uh, a group of gamers that get together on Saturday night. Uh, you, you can watch the stream if you want. If you go to Twitch, uh, the channel is ARG presents, all one word, and and we start. Um, it's easy for me to remember my time. It's six thirty central on Saturday night, so seven thirty if you're East Coast and. If you're not in those two places, do the math and find out when it's on. Uh, it's a pretty blue channel. There's uh, plenty of language that gets thrown around, and we play a lot of online stream games. But we also have conversations, and, and we had a long conversation about the mister versus the pie. And, and you know, the I did a, an episode about the mister recently, and uh, I, I think what my uh, holdup is over the mister, and I have a mister and I love the mister, but it was kind of – sold as perfect simulation. And it's not. There's a lot of arcade games that they've ported over that are not perfect. There's a lot of glitches in those things. And of course, these other cores that are being developed, they're getting tweaked. You know, the Commodore 64 one's getting tweaked. I'm having some problems right now with the using the built-in modem. There's a built-in uh, a modem that you can use over Ethernet on the C64 core on the mister and it's not working right. I'm getting some garbage and, and uh, what looks like old line line noise, except for there's no analog phone line involved here. And so, yeah, it's just kind of presented as like, well, if you want to, if you want it to be perfect, spend the extra money on the mister uh, and it'll be perfect. You know, and, and I don't think anybody, I don't, maybe not people directly involved with the mister have said that, but definitely I saw other reviews that were like, you know, the, 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 uh, the gameplay experience is so much closer to the original. And when it works, I suppose it is. You know, I've, I've always... Uh, this is kind of a... not It's not passive-aggressive, kind of a snarky way to say it, I suppose. But uh, sometimes I say I, I've been blessed with bad hearing and, and bad eyesight. Uh, because uh, a lot of the things that people complain about, I just don't see or don't hear. You know, and people go, oh, well, this this sounds so much better. You know, I, I went through this with MP3s. Remember when, uh, the bit rates were constantly climbing and, and we were just having this discussion on the Amigos discord. It sounds like everything I'm saying is a plug. It's really not. But if you do support my show on Patreon, you get access to the Amigos discord. But we were having a discussion about, um, the, uh, Uh, delays that are built in inherently to some of these systems. And and do you get lag from a certain kind of TV or a certain kind of joystick? Uh, And the conversation moved to MP3s, bit rates, you know, and and when I first, when Napster first came out, I remember a lot of MP3s were 96, uh, I guess it's kilobits, kilobytes. I don't know. I'll I'll get it wrong. KBPS. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, they were all 96K and... Uh, the good ones were 128. And so I would try to get a 128, but sometimes I got 96. And then sometimes you got 64, which didn't sound very good. And and then everybody was like, oh, you got to upgrade to 192. And so I would, uh, especially if I had CDs, I would go re-rip them at 192. And then everybody said, you know, you should just do... Uh, just do 320. That's the highest rating, you know, and and part of this is because the size of hard drives got larger. So it wasn't a space issue anymore. So I re-ripped, I had over a thousand CDs, which I re-ripped at least two times. (laughs) And then when I was done with that, everybody was like, oh, you should have done them in lossless, uh, which is, uh uh it it's compressed, but the the audio is not compressed at all, so it's compressed more than a straight wave file but uh but there's no signal loss at uh you know in any of the files and I remember uh thinking like man I, should I do these a third time and I went online and I did a a a b audio test where it would play an m p three at at a lower value or you know a lower sample rate or bit rate and then play a lossless one. And I couldn't hear the difference. Um, Maybe when I was younger, I could have, but my ears are kind of shot, man. I I mean, I remember going to, uh, I went and saw Slayer one time, which was the loudest concert I've ever been to. And my ears rang for like three days. And I remember, you know, looking up like ways to stop, make your ears stop ringing and Googling all these things that said, you know, ringing ears is a sign of permanent hearing loss. I was like, great. <laughs> I guess if you're gonna get that, you know, you might as well get it at a Slayer concert. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I I just can't hear the differences. I honestly, um, I can't hear a difference between MP3s at 192 and lossless, which is a, a pretty big gap. And I have, uh, uh, I don't even have cheap computer speakers. I have uh, uh, monitors, uh, not not tv you know computer monitors but like monitors that you'd use in a studio that's what i listen to to music on and and i mean it's as i won't say as good as you're gonna get but it's better than most computer speakers and i just can't hear a difference you know so i feel like when people complain about emulation on the pi or things like this uh it's a lot of the things that they complain about oh there's a you know one millisecond lag i just i just i'm not um fast enough my I, my eyes aren't fast enough to see it. my reflexes aren't fast enough to feel it um it's good enough for me you know so uh it, it sounds like I'm dumping on the mister I'm really not i I enjoy the mister. I think the mister um beats the, you know when you turn on the mister it's it's ready to go in in a couple of seconds when I turn on my pie it takes um probably two minutes to uh to boot up the pie and then boot up into emulation station and get to the menu and all that so um you know i I think the mr the menu is so simplified that it's you know kind of got the advantage there um there are some things that are going to be built into the mr that that um i don't think that the pi can do necessarily i don't know but the pi emulates so many systems that the mr doesn't uh cover you know the pi has moved on past uh, the normal, that kind of that line drawn on the sand with 16 bit systems, you know, um, on the Pi you could do a Nintendo 64. I think you could do PlayStation one. I think I've seen, I know I've seen dreamcast, you know, and that's stuff. That's just um, beyond the capabilities of the mister uh, because of the, the actual FPGA chip that they're using. It's just not advanced enough to do those things. So uh, I, I, know that they're working on, um, PlayStation and, um, I've heard rumors of Nintendo 64. So, you know, but, but, it, but there will be a limit and whatever that limit is, you know, the Pi is a quad core machine. Uh, especially the Pi 4, man, is, is, uh, kind of a little screamer. So I don't know. You know, I, I guess the takeaway I would say is that in almost every situation, I'm very rarely a black or white kind of guy. I'm always a gray guy. I'm always, I can see the advantages and disadvantages of anything. You know, if you brought me some piece of crap computer, you know, I would say, well, but, but look at these games. They only run on this computer. (laughs) You can't run them anywhere else. Like I would always see, you know, a bright side to it. And so, um, but what a great world that we live in where I don't have to choose right. I'm literally on the desk next to me, uh, you know, a foot, eh, well, I'm looking now two and a half feet away from one another. I have a Mr. And I have a pie and they're plugged into a HDMI uh, switch box. And so when I press one button, the Mr. Comes up when I press two, the pie comes up. What a great world that we don't have to choose between the two that we can, um, uh, you know, we can have it all right. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I found recently on the mister is that, uh, uh, there is a Easter egg that I did not know about. And it is, uh, if you hold down, I believe it's control shift alt caps lock, I think. And P it comes up with a list of people. And that list is Alan Hudgens, Armadon Restle, Carrie Clanton, Chris Folds. Christopher Warren, Calbird Boy, Dan Paradroid Heavy, Darren Folds, Dave Zilly, David Chambers, David Hearn, David Motilac I always Dave, I always hope I get your name right. Eric Strayanisi, Garrett Allier, Gary Heather, Graham Vebke, Jake Nonamaker, Jason Warren's, John Morrison, John Bodakar Schaller, John Treholt, Jose Cazada, Joshua Eckroth, Mark Alley, Matt Hill, Matt Nicholson, Mike McLaughlin, Mitsuyama, Mr. Bundy, mister Owaki, Olaf Hope, Patrick Markey, Rydar and Christopher Bow, Rick Reynolds, Roy Jacobs, Scott Lambert, Scott Vandersekt, Scrap Arcade, Stephen Burt, Steve Rasmussen, Steve Sharippa, The Slow Norris, Vintage Volts, Zeke Pabsky, and the Mysterious Cobra Kai. Unfortunately, those people are not hidden in the Mr. Secret Keyboard Combination Easter Egg, although they should be. They're all great people that support this show through Patreon. So if you want to find out more about all the benefits and all the fun we're having behind the scenes, go to patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara to find out more. I do want to give a shout out to Max Horstman, who gave a one-time donation to the show. So thank you, Max. That's greatly appreciated. And I wanted to shout out... Scott Vandersack, who is our newest 16-bit supporter. So welcome to the group, Scott. Thank you guys for everything. If you have feedback about this or any episode of the show, you can email me directly at Rob O'Hara at RobOHara.com. Join the conversation on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RobCast. Follow me on Twitter at Commodork or leave me a message on the podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. And that's all the notes I have for this show. So let's get started talking about Garage Sale Day. I moved to Sun Valley in 1978. Now, Sun Valley is a neighborhood that's just outside Yukon, Oklahoma. Technically, it's in Oklahoma City. Now, before we lived there, we lived in Bethany, and Bethany is a small older suburb. Our house was pretty small; it was less than a thousand square foot. It was what my dad always called a starter home. Uh, but Sun Valley was like a permanent home. Sun Valley was the type of house when you were blue collar and and you were had a job and you were married and you had kids. That was the kind of neighborhood you moved to. It had big lots. My dad's yard is about three fourths of an acre. It had you know freshly planted trees that were coming up. I mean, it was a pretty new neighborhood when we moved in and it was a a great place for kids to grow up. I have nothing but really great memories. I mean, I have bad memories about getting beat up, (laughs) but for the most part, I have great memories of Sun Valley. So again, we moved in in 1978. I was still four years old at the time. This is before I started kindergarten. And the next door neighbors that we moved into were the Deckards. And uh, Pat Deckard was the mom, and Pat Deckard was uh, a realtor. And she was a very popular and success- successful realtor. Um, her face was everywhere, you know, those metal signs. You would always see Pat Deckard and it had her phone number. Uh, her face would be on the signs. I remember there was a, a billboard in my town for a while for the the realtor company she worked for and it had her face on it and she sold so many houses in Yukon that everybody knew Pat Deckard. So I mean if you were from Yukon, you could mention either you know Pat Deckard or just the Deckards. And there was a pretty good chance that person would know them. Oh yeah, Pat sold my parents' house to them, or sold my house for me, or you know, I went to to school with one of the kids. There were three Deckard boys. Um, the youngest was a year older than me, and he was into uh, motorcycles and and he raced bicycles while we were kids. Um, and then the the middle one was was into sports for a while, and then he got into music and. And then the uh, oldest, Deckard, was uh, big into sports. He was the the pitcher on the high school baseball team. He played football. I mean, so no matter what your kid was into, they probably crossed paths with one of the Deckard boys, you know. And then again, uh, you know, everybody in town just seemed to know um, uh, Pat Deckard. And so uh, Pat Deckard organized this thing for our neighborhood called Garage Sale Day. Now, you probably have heard of neighborhood garage sales, especially if you're from the U.S. And we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between um, garage sales in the U.S. and and other uh, countries. But um, there is a a theory. Now, my mom was a realtor uh, for not very long, for a few years. But one of the things they teach you when you are a beginning realtor is to uh, come up with what's called uh, your farm. And a farm to a realtor is a, is some sort of area, usually an area, uh, maybe the area you live in or one that you're very familiar with. But basically what you're trying to do is cultivate that area, almost, almost figuratively planting seeds and becoming the only realtor known for that area. So maybe it's, um, uh, a neighborhood, maybe it's a, a few city blocks, whatever it is. But basically, what you want to do is flood that area as a realtor so that anybody in that area, you know, when they need a realtor, they think of you. And there, I, I looked online for uh, real estate farming and there's all different kinds of articles. But what's funny is all the articles today most of them have to do with online things like um creating a Facebook group <laughs> or um uh, you know organizing things online things like that but uh back then of course in the 70s there was no uh public internet there was no Facebook there was no anything like that and so you had to do uh, different things realtors had to do different different uh techniques to farm an area you know and so Sun Valley was Pat Deckard's farm, and I don't know that – I mean, I would say uh, almost definitely that's not her only area that she – I know it wasn't her only area that she uh, bought and sold houses in because I bought and sold houses in many different places, all from Pat Deckard. But but her name kind of became synonymous with Sun Valley. Like if you – we're going to buy a house in sun Valley or sell a house in sun Valley. Um, you, you definitely went, you know, to Pat Deckard and sun Valley is not a big, uh, neighborhood. I, I looked online at Google maps and I tried to loosely count the houses, but there are six streets that go North and South and two streets that go East and West. And all the exits go out on the same side. So there's no through traffic through sun Valley. Once you go in, it's a big giant oval. I'm rectangle really, uh, with a uh, six North and South streets, but that's it. And there's about 150 houses in there. Uh, but that was, you know, Pat Deckard's area. One of the things Pat did every year was, uh, everybody that had bought a house from her or sold a house, uh you know that she had sold a house for she would take these you know the really small pumpkins that you could get during uh, uh, the halloween time not not big giant ones but little ones i mean uh, gosh i don't know i mean bigger than a softball but not you know roughly maybe that size or a little bit bigger and she would paint faces on them and she would go put them on your mailbox so if you had done any business with her you would wake up one day in october and you would have this little pumpkin with a face painted on it. And it would say Pat Decker on the back, she also did that to every house in sun Valley, 150 houses. Um, at some point later in life, I know she, she, um, hired her grandkids to help paint the pumpkins. I asked her one time and she said she was giving out around 1500 pumpkins a year. (laughs) So that's, you know the kind of stuff that you did before the internet you didn't put up a facebook group you gave out 1500 pumpkins a year and every one of them had your name on it or a business card attached you know um so that was one way that she kind of farmed sun valley right or kept that as a farm uh but the other thing that she did was organize garage sale day and so we're going to be talking a lot about that but um but before that, uh I, I did want to say that neighborhood garage sales were not common back then. Uh, I remember telling people about garage sale day like kids at school and they had no idea what I was talking about. Like other neighborhoods, at least around here, were not really doing, you know, a neighborhood garage sale. Again, uh Pat started ours in the in the late seventies, you know. Now, I looked up just a little bit about how garage sales kind of came around, I mean, at least in the US. Um, and in the uh, 1800s, uh, they would have these, these shipping boats, like shipping containers, where they would come to the port, and then for whatever reason, people didn't come purchase what was in the containers, and these boats couldn't stay there forever. They couldn't sit there forever with all these things, and so they would basically empty out these shipping containers at the dock and then go on their way or get the next load. And these became known as dock. And I believe it was Romage, R O M M A G E, sales. And then Romage somehow became rummage. And so they became known as, as rummage sales. And people would show up at the dock, you know, after, uh, whenever they would empty out these containers. And so that's kind of, um, if you look at the history of the idea of a garage sale, that's kind of where it begins. Um, now in the 19, it wasn't really until the 1950s and 1960s uh, when people began moving to the suburbs and then you got a house and this house had a garage and you had your own little space, right? You had a garage, you had a uh, a driveway. And because you had that, there was two things. Number one it allowed you to acquire more things. So now that you had this big house out in the suburbs, you know, you could put more things in the garage, put store things in the attic or or the basement or whatever. Um, but also it kind of facilitated having a garage sale. So when you got too many things, uh, you could say, hey, come to my house on Saturday and I'm going to put these things out. And and it was just like those old rummage sales, right? It was just like, hey, I'm going to put these things in my driveway and people come by and, and um, you know, the idea of a garage sale is never to get rich. It's more about getting rid of things. But, I mean, you can make money on garage sales for sure. But um, you, you're not, you know, if you're trying to make money, there, there's better ways to make money than, than having a garage sale. Uh, but, but that was kind of when garage sales started in the U.S. And then um, in the 70s to the 90s. According to this article I read was kind of the the peak period uh it was kind of when garage sales totally matured, which is weird because i I think of it I don't think of them as being that recent, you know I mean as I was born in the seventies, but uh there was an increase in garage sales because there was an increase in cheap consumer goods, and so it wasn't like um, I'm just making up an example, but let's say you bought a can opener. I don't know how much a can opener costs, but, uh, you know, if it broke in the fifties, maybe you would try to repair it or you would take it somewhere and have it fixed or something. But you know, in the seventies, you didn't, you would, you, you know, you might just upgrade by a different can opener. And now you got to get rid of the old one. Maybe it still works. Maybe, um, you know, the newer one has better features or whatever, but, uh, but you would just want to replace it. And so, you know, those were the kind of things you would put out in your garage sale. Or maybe, you know, you bought new clothes and you want to get rid of your old clothes. And so you would put those kind of things. But it was really um the drop in price of a lot of things of, of consumer goods that facilitated uh, the increase in garage sales, you know. Now, um, when when you think about garage sales... Uh, And again, I'm talking totally from a a U.S. perspective. Uh, It's people that have things in their house that they want to sell. I mean, that's kind of a given. And so um, garage sales, like 99% of all garage sales take place at least on Saturday. Now, some people like to do the Saturday and Sunday garage sale, and some garage sales open early on Friday. And I have been to garage sales on Friday versus Saturday versus Sunday. And it's three completely different crowds. I'll just tell you, uh, Friday is of course, it's Friday is two groups. I think number one, the serious garage seller, the guy that's out there that's trying to uh, get inventory now for his online store, or he has a, A thrift store somewhere, something where he's trying to get inventory or just find the best deals. You're going to run into those people on Friday. And then you're going to run into people who are retired because they don't have to be at work like the rest of us on a Friday. So uh, retired people are out there on Fridays, but Saturday is just like everybody. You know, it's, it's families. It's people, you know, you got people with their kids. You got people with their parents. You got. Um, just all, I mean, Saturday is going to be your busiest day. And then I, Sunday, and this is just my, uh, impression, but I think Sunday is like the cleanup crew. Like Sunday is when you get the people that come by and they'll say, Hey, I'll give you a hundred dollars for everything you got left. And then, you know, and if you're going to have to haul it all off, <laughs> maybe that's not a bad idea, you know, but, uh, um, but that's kind of Sunday. I mean, Sunday everything is going to be picked over pretty well too. So uh, Sunday, a lot of times we'll, we'll drive by. And if I see a garage sale on Sunday, we'll just look from the car and I'll be like, eh, I don't see anything good. Keep rolling. <laughs> we don't even get out on Sundays um, to have a garage sale. In most places in the U S you have to purchase a permit. Uh, in Oklahoma city, a permit is $7. And let me open this link. Uh, I, I, Bookmarked this link here. Let's open this uh, because uh, this has some of the rules about garage sales, which I thought was interesting. This is for um, uh, Oklahoma City. Again, every city, different cities, different states have their own rules. Um, this, these are the rules listed uh, on um, OKC.gov. Under business licensing garage sale permit, it says garage sale signs and other service signs are not allowed on utility poles, traffic pole signs, medians, or any public right of way. You can put one sign in front of your house. The sign can't be larger than 12 square feet. Wow. That's a big sign. I can tell you everybody, every single person breaks this rule because every you have to go put the sign at the, at the opening of your neighborhood and it says garage sales so people will turn in and really good garage sales will have multiple signs like with arrows saying, you know sale this way, <laughs> sale this way so that people can find uh, your house. You can sell any personal property but not motor vehicles. You cannot sell new merchandise, consignment items or resale items. So again, the idea is that things that you have in your house, you're allowed to sell. Now. I don't know that anybody is enforcing this. Uh, I've definitely seen lots of motor vehicles for sale at garage sales. You'll always see a motorcycle or a three wheeler or something like that with a for sale sign sitting there. So maybe that's how they'd get around it. They say, Oh, this was a part of the garage sale. I just happened to have that sitting there. But, um, but yeah, I see that broken a lot. A single permit is good for three consecutive days. So that would cover Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The sale must be held at the address listed on it. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Sale must be between the hours of 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. We're going to talk about early birds in a minute. The maximum fine for conducting a sale without a license is $200 plus cost. So I definitely want you to uh, pay the $7 uh to get your your license. Uh so that's all the rules that are written here on the uh website. So not not too bad. Um if you're not from the US, I'm going to explain some things that people from the US probably know. <laughs> uh but number 1 garage sales very rarely take place inside someone's garage. Now, it's kind of the universal sign that you're having a garage sale. People will open their garage door. Of course, you have a sign out that says garage sale, you know, but you'll be driving down the street in a neighborhood and you'll see someone's garage door open. They're usually sitting out there maybe on you know patio furniture or something. And the whole driveway will be full of stuff. They'll have, usually they'll have tables set up. It might be card tables or those white plastic indoor outdoor tables and they'll have different things on them. Um, Sometimes you'll see things laid out in the front yard. And a lot of times you'll hear people saying, oh, we're having a yard sale. Uh, Or sometimes you'll hear somebody saying uh, they're having a moving sale. I would say all those things are interchangeable. If I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of a yard sale versus a garage sale as being different. A yard sale just means they're going to have it in the front yard uh, and they'll probably have stuff on the on the garage or on the uh, driveway. And if somebody says they're having a garage sale, I think there'll be stuff on the driveway and probably some stuff in the front yard. So pretty pretty in a, you know interchangeable. Uh, there's also like I said, you, sometimes you'll see somebody say moving sale, which could mean that they're moving out and they have things that they don't want to to take with them, or it could be that they've just moved and they don't have room to put these things in their new house. If I see the phrase moving sale, a lot of times I'll think furniture. I think, oh, they've got a, a dining room set that they don't want to take with them or couches that they don't want to take to their new house or something like that. But again, the the presentation, it's going to be on, on their driveway. It's going to be in the, the front yard. Some people do put stuff in their garage, and then it's always, um, you know, they'll have tables. Like for stuff that might blow around or something, people will put stuff in their garage, but then they got to put tarps up on the wall because then you'll be like, hey, how much for this— bike that's on the wall. Oh, it's not for sale, you know? So, um, so yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of times people do put stuff in their garage also. So what kind of things would you find at a typical garage sale? I mean, it's just whatever's in your house. Think of all the things that are in your house that you might want to get rid of. Uh, you're going to see furniture. You're going to see clothes. Um, you're going to see used electronics, you know? Um, and, and when I say used electronics, that could mean, you know, the computer you have that's five years old that you got rid of, um, that because you replaced it, it could be a CD player that's you know fifteen years old. It could be some little AM radio that you got from your grandma. <laughs> There's just no telling. Uh, a lot of times you'll see books, DVDs, uh, kids' toys, dishes, uh, appliances, just knickknacks. Just name it. I mean anything that, like I said, that's in your house that you go, well, I really don't need this anymore, but it still has value, and I don't want to throw it away that's the kind of stuff you could see at a garage sale. Uh, sometimes you will see homemade items. There's a, a lady in my dad's neighborhood every year in garage sale day, and she has all these earrings and things that she and necklaces that she has made. Um, so some people do sell homemade items. Um, and then sometimes you will see new items. Now I noticed in the, uh, the uh, application, you know, for getting a permit, it says you can't sell new items. And I think like there's one house that we see every year on garage sale date and they have tons of uh, like personal care products, like toothpaste and deodorant and paper towels and stuff. And I think they are couponers. If you've ever seen that show like extreme couponing or whatever, you know, where um, people get coupons and and they, you know, they're like, oh, if you you put this with that, you could get eight million things of toothpaste for free. I think they're doing that and then selling them for a dollar. It's what a strange way to, um, I don't know, to to make money or to, I don't, I don't know. It's not for me, but uh, you definitely see it, and and they have the same kind of stuff at the garage sale, the same garage sale every year. It's always, again, it's that personal care things. And then it'll be like school notebooks and things of crayons and stuff like that. And, um, you know, most of it, when you see it, you go, I'm sure this is cheaper at Dollar General <laughs> or Dollar Tree or something. But um, um, I found a website that listed five uh, garage sale or yard sale statistics, which I thought was pretty interesting Uh, the first fact, it said uh, there are 165,000 garage sales every week in the United States, 165,000. Uh, number two, there are 690,000 people who purchase something at a yard sale every week. So more than half a million people in the U S buy something at a garage sale every week. Uh, number three, 4 million nine hundred and sixty seven thousand five hundred. So just under five million items are sold at garage sales every week in the U.S. Number four, four million two hundred and twenty two thousand three hundred and seventy five dollars are earned each week from garage sales. And so I guess somebody did the math to get this final statistic. Uh, But the average price of a yard sale item is eighty five cents. Now, I can tell you. Uh, when, when you go up to a garage sale, and sometimes it depends on the neighborhood or the seller, you can kind of look at a house or look at a person and you can see what kind of deals you're going to get. Sometimes you'll walk up and you know it'll be like, this is a dollar, this is a dollar, and this is a dollar. And you go up and you're like, okay, I got three things that are like, I ah, just – me a buck. You know, they're just trying to get rid of stuff or, or you'll go in and you'll see all these old, like kids toys in there, a quarter or DVDs or a dollar or, you know, DVDs are two for a dollar or whatever. They're just trying to get rid of stuff. Right. And then sometimes you'll walk up and, uh, we, we went up to a garage sale the other day and they had a brand new sofa, like a sofa and loveseat combo. And they were trying to get like $500. And I thought, number one, like when we go to garage sales, I'm sure I have some bills on me. Like I'll probably get you know twenty dollars in change or something like that. But but then I I grab my little piggy bank that I have here, which is shaped like Boba Fett, and I throw it in the car. And so you know you fill your pockets with quarters and dimes and stuff. And that's really the kind of stuff usually. You know, I, I mean it might be I don't know. I don't want to say I only buy stuff with change. You know, I not too long ago I found a um, a wireless router and I needed to put a it was a, N, a wireless in router. And the guy wanted five bucks for it, and then he said, "Ah, I'll take a couple bucks." So I paid two bucks, and uh, I ended up using it. I put it out in my workshop, and I linked it with my regular Wi-Fi. So I'm using it. I put it in repeater mode, so I got a Wi-Fi repeater for two dollars. You know, that's the kind of stuff when I go to a garage sale. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for five hundred dollar furniture, and I don't think most people are. Like most people don't show up. Yeah, you know, I did buy a refrigerator one time. <laughs> Uh I we <laughs> I forgot about this but uh there there was a um, a couple who uh each one of them had they were older and uh they each had a cabin and then they got married and they decided to get rid of one of the cabins so they kept all the best of everything and they got rid of all the other stuff and we were in the process of moving and we got a refrigerator for like $20 and uh and we paid them and then we uh A lot of times when you buy a big thing at a garage sale, you pay for it. Then you go, I'll be back for the truck. (laughs) That's what we did. We like ran home and got the truck and came back and picked up that refrigerator. I forgot about that. So how do people find out about your garage sales? You've decided you want to have a garage sale and how do people find out about it? Well, you know, in the old days, what you would do is you would run an ad in the newspaper and they would have an area for garage sales and you would put your home address and then you would put the days and the times, you know. And you would say, you know, lots of kid clothes and blah, 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 you know, or, you know, toddler clothes or toddler bedroom or lots of furniture or whatever, whatever you think is going to get your type of people to your garage sale, you know? Uh, Then you got to put, the next thing is you got to put the sign on the entrance to the neighborhood because people driving by will see a sign that says garage sale and then they'll, oh, they'll turn in that neighborhood right there, you know, or, or uh, people that are looking for your sale, they'll come there and then. Uh, and then, like I said, the uh, uh, the best garage sales are uh, the best garage sale signage is you'll turn in the neighborhood and then you'll look up like three blocks and there will be a little sign up there and it'll say garage sale with an arrow and you, they'll kind of like guide you to their house. That's really helpful because we have definitely spent time driving around neighborhoods trying to find a garage sale. Um, of course the GPS has changed all that, right? I mean, you, now you see a garage sale sign and it says 123 cherry lane and you go, oh, okay. And you just punch that in and you go right to their house. But, um, back in the day, it was a little bit harder, uh, but that was kind of the old school way of doing things. Uh, you know, you, you put an ad in the paper, you put up signs or whatever today, Uh, there's a, a section on Craigslist. So you can go on Craigslist and post about your garage sale and you can add pictures to try and entice people to come in. Uh, you can post on Facebook, whether it's, you know, a Facebook, there's a a Facebook garage sale group for my town. You're having a garage sale. You can post it and people will come in. Uh, but then you still got to have that physical sign. You got to put that sign at the entrance of your garage sale to get people to, to be able to find it, you know? Um, but So, so thinking back about garage sales being individual things, you know, there might be one on this side of town, there might be one a mile away. There might be one a half a mile and you have to look at all these addresses and figure out a, you know, kind of plot a path, right? Like, okay. So you don't want to be driving back and forth and zigzagging across town. You gotta, you gotta look at those things, but what if all the garage sales were in the same location? That's what a neighborhood garage sale is. It has a huge, uh, I don't know, selling point of, you know, you're you're not going to be driving all over town. You're not going to drive three miles this way and go to one sale and two miles this way and go to one sale. You're going to go to one neighborhood and there's going to be dozens and dozens of garage sales all in one place. You can park and just walk up and down the street to, to a dozen garage sales, you know. And so that was the attraction of sun valleys neighborhood garage sale day. So garage sale day in sun valley takes place every year in April. It's again, this started around the time we moved to sun valley, which was in the late seventies and is still going on today. Uh, it's always on a Saturday, but the thing is if you live there, Uh, everybody knows that during the day on Friday, a lot of people will open up too. They don't advertise that, but it's kind of just for the people that live there. (laughs) So you walk around and you, you know, you go see if there's anything good or whatever, but definitely garage, the official garage sale day. Um, and when I say that, I'm talking about Sun Valley's garage sale day always takes place on a Saturday. Um, some of the people also have their garage sales on Sunday and, uh, I, I would say like maybe a fourth or less of the people do that. Um, and, and mostly those are people like that maybe have stuff that just didn't sell. So it's just not a, you know, it, it makes sense to still go out there and sit and maybe people will come and, and, uh, and get stuff, you know, now I, this is hard to come up with stories with because I have so many great memories of garage sale day but I don't have that many specific memories of garage sale day. I almost I would almost describe my memories of garage sale day as being a, a feeling more than specific stories, you know. I mean, one thing I remember is that uh on garage sale day as a kid We would always get, I had this, I had a, um, a a change coin bank that was uh, shaped like a Tootsie Roll pop. And I would, uh, on garage sale day, I would pop the lid off and just fill my pockets with change, you know, and I would go out again, you know, the Deckards were next door. The, the Roark's across the street, there were four Roark boys, but I was, um, in between the age of the youngest two, my friend Andy lived down the street and so we would get on our bikes and we would just do garage sale day. No parents, no supervision. We would just go house to house and, and go, um, look for stuff, you know? And so that's, that's the thing. I mean, that's my memory is not, I don't have a lot of specific memories. I do have a few I'll, I'll talk about, but it's not like, oh, I remember these 800 things that I got at garage sale day. It wasn't really as much about getting the stuff, it was more just about that. And that's an era that's gone, man. Like, like you don't see a lot of kids, you know, that are 8, 9, 10 years old that just get turned loose on bikes to go take off a garage sale. And I, I want to paint this picture. The Sun Valley Garage Sale, again, you know, it, it's, um, you know, these six streets. It's an area that you can't get in and out of. And cars would line Every yard of every street, there were, there were no more places to park in our neighborhood. There were so many cars there. I don't know how many people that hundreds and hundreds of people would come to this. And then we would just get on our bikes and go weave in and out of traffic and cut through yards and (laughs) ditches and everything else. And that was the way it was because it was that era. And you would, you would never, I wouldn't turn my kids loose like that today, but that's, um, you know, that's just how it was. Um, a few of the things that I remember getting as a kid. I got this thing at a garage sale one time called a psychedelic heat lamp. It was not a lava lamp. It was like the poor man's lava lamp. It was a lamp, a metal lamp, and then there was um, a pattern on the inside and then a spindle on top and a piece of plastic that went over the spindle. So it was like two layers of a lamp and the spindle allowed the outside area to rotate. And it kind of had um, like heat sinks from a fan, if I remember right on the inside. And so when you put a normal light bulb in there, the light bulb would get hot and the heat would rise and it would cause the outer area to rotate. And it was kind of translucent. Um, It was almost like two layers of, of, uh, psychedelic patterns. And so when it, it slowly rotated around and it made this, this pattern again, like I said, it was like a, a poor man's uh, lava lamp, but I remember getting that. And actually I remember, uh, a friend coming over one time and seeing it and saying, Oh yeah, I used to own that. And I was like, Oh, you had one of these. He's like, no, I had that one. Like I had it like three or four years ago and I sold it to Charlie, you know? And I was like, Oh and I think Charlie sold it to so-and-so. And I was like, well, I bought it from so-and-so. <laughs> so that was kind of one of the great things about garage sale day was we just traded junk back and forth between kids, you know? And of course, every kid paid a dollar for it and it moved to someone else's house, you know? Uh, at that same garage sale, I got a red light bulb and a blue light bulb. Uh, and I put the light bulb in the lamp for a while, but then I remember like, putting the light bulb in the ceiling of my room for a while, like up in the, the light fixture in my room. Uh, I had a lamp by my bed that I put the blue light in for a while for some reason. I don't know. But, um, uh, I mean, I probably had those light bulbs for like, you know, five years. And then one day some, one fell and broke and I was like, Oh no, my light bulb. Uh, <laughs> but that's a funny memory. I do remember buying, um, a giant box of Hot Wheels track, you know, just like the generic track pieces. And um, uh, I was older when I got this. I mean, I was probably like 15 or 16. And we made, uh, my buddy came over and we spent the entire day making these giant tracks that went all the way around my room. And then we took it all apart and I think I got rid of it. I mean, it was just like a one day uh piece of entertainment, but that was fun. Uh, I do remember buying lots of board games and jigsaw puzzles on garage sale day. And, uh, of course jigsaw puzzles, I mean, it's the worst, right? When you buy one and there's a piece missing, but, uh, you know, but you put it together as best you could and then you got rid of it or board games. We always had board games in my house growing up. And, and I think a lot of those board games came from, uh, garage sale days, you know, other people like how many times you want to play, sorry, <laughs> or trouble, and then you would just sell it and into somebody else, you know. Now, for all the years that I went to garage sale day in my neighborhood, uh, we didn't have very many garage sales of my own. Uh I do remember one year that I was a little kid and I had really gotten into Star Wars and I decided that I didn't want Hot Wheels anymore. And I'm trying to think what age this would have been, but maybe you know, I had to have been old enough that, uh, uh, that I, that I didn't want to play with them and that I was interested in the money, you know, because when you're a kid, you just, if you're not interested in a toy, you just put it in the back of the closet. But, but I decided I was going to sell these. And so, uh, there's really two kinds of garage sales when it comes to pricing. Well, I I said that there's the people that are trying to, you know, make a living (laughs) like that stuff's too expensive. And then there's just, uh, you know, like I'm trying to get rid of stuff prices. But then there's a third one that I really don't like, which is garage sales where they don't price anything. And sometimes you'll go to a garage sale and there's no prices on anything. And everything you pick up, you're like, how much is this? They're like, I don't know, make me an offer. Well, my offer is always going to be 25 cents, you know? So unless you want me to to do this all day long, why don't you just tell me what you want and then I'll decide if it's worth it. And I might haggle a little bit. Haggling is kind of accepted at garage sales, but... Um, I hate it when nothing is priced. So I spent the night before putting all these stickers. I think I put 25 cents per hot wheel and I got these stickers and put them on every single hot wheel. I had this giant box of hot wheels cars, like probably the size of like two shoe boxes, you know? And, uh, on garage sale day, I went out, my mom had this little table and I set up my little table and I put the boxes on there and, uh, all my friends came by and they were like, Hey, we're gonna go to garage sales, you wanna go? And I was like, No, nope, I'm having a garage sale. And uh the first guy that came up, I think it was a lady, and she said, Hey, we take five dollars for all the cars? And I was like, Yep. And she gave me a five and I was like, All right, that's it. <laughs> and I hopped on my bike and went and caught my friend. So I did all that work and then I just sold them all in one big lot. And I'm sure uh, you know, she got a good deal, but yeah, I was I was done playing with Hot Wheels at that age. It was all Star Wars at that point. Uh, I do have one funny story. This is a family story that involves my grandma O'Hara. Rest in peace. I love my grandma O'Hara. She was kooky as a day is long. And um, she came to visit. She lived in Chicago, and she came to visit one time. And it happened to be during garage sale day time. I mean, it was during April. And so she told my dad that she wanted to have a garage sale, which is not really how a garage sale works. You don't really go visit someone else's house and then have a garage sale with their stuff. (laughs) But my dad said, okay. And so uh, he went through the garage and he found uh, a few things that he wanted to get rid of. You know, I'm sure my mom found some things. And so they set up a little table so that my grandma could have a garage sale. Uh, And then we said, well, we're going to go to garage sales now. She says, well, I'm going to be bored. And so my dad had this... um, You remember those, it was a portable TV, but it wasn't the tiny ones. It was a bigger one. It was like had a handle on top. And, uh, I I mean, it kind of reminds me of a shape of like a real heavy duty flashlight. You know, it was kind of like this box shape. And on the end, I don't know what size, five inch, maybe, um, black and white. And it had an antenna and you could tune in TV stations or tune in a radio on it. And so my dad put this TV out there and he loved that TV. He would take it, you know, to work. Like when there was a bears game or something, he would take it to work and have it on his desk, I think. And, um, so anyway, he says, here, you can watch TV and he sets it up. And so we went around, we went walking me and, and my parents and my sister to garage sales and stuff. And, uh, you know, to do all of garage sale takes uh, garage sale day. It takes like a couple hours, you know, um, uh, later on we had vehicles that we use and, and, uh, I'll talk more about that in a little bit, but Uh, you know, you walk up and down every street. It took a long time. And so we came home and of course, coming down the street, we could see that all the stuff my dad had put out for sale was still there. She hadn't sold anything. And so anyway, when we got home, she said, all right, well, I'm done. I want to go, go to garage sales now. And my dad says, oh, you know, did you sell anything? And she goes, well, I sold that TV. (laughs) My dad's like, "You sold my TV. It wasn't for sale. And she's like, yeah, I know. Somebody offered me five bucks for it or something, so I took it. (laughs) So he didn't sell any of the garage sale stuff, but she did sell his black and white TV, which I remember him being pretty mad about. (laughs) Um, I also remember I learned a lesson one time about uh, the value of things. Uh, I had gone to... I went to a computer auction. It was a, a com- local computer store. So, I mean, I was older. I was like probably in my early 20s. And I went to this auction and I was trying to buy a monitor and they had a lot of monitors. I mean, like six or eight monitors. Um, and so I ended up buying them because they were like $2 each or something. So I had all these extra monitors. I didn't need them. And so uh, I took them over to my dad's garage. Set. I kept like two monitors, which is all I needed. And I took all the others over to my dad on garage sale day, and uh, I put up a table, and I put a sign that said, free computer monitors. And these were like 14 or 15-inch CRT monitors uh, at a time when people either had 17-inch CRTs or maybe the very early flat screen monitors. And I put this sign up that said, free monitors, and we went to garage sale and came back, and they were all still there. And nobody wanted a monitor. And they were, they were good monitors, you know, and they weren't that out of, out of date or out of style. And while I was there in the driveway, this guy came up and he was like, Hey, what's wrong with these monitors? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, well, then why are they free? And I go, well, cause I bought too many and I, I just wanted, and he was like, well, could I see them? Can I test one? And I was like, I don't have a computer to drag out here. And he was like, but do they work? I'm like, ah, yes, I'm telling you that they work. And he's like, eh. and then he left and, uh, I was like, you don't want just take one. He's like, I don't want to take them. You know, he said if they're free, you just, you know, they're probably just don't work or whatever. And I was like, I just couldn't believe it. And so I changed the sign. I turned it over, and on the back I wrote monitors ten dollars each. And within like fifteen minutes, a guy came up and he said, Hey, will you take five each for those monitors? And I go, Yeah. And he bought all the monitors. <laughs> So I couldn't give them away for free, but it was kind of this mental thing. I think when people see something free, they think it's broken or garbage. I just didn't want them. But, uh, you know, once, once it had a price on it, people came up and bought them. So I sold all the monitors that uh, That was uh, – like I said, I, I didn't really have a lot of garage sales on Garage Sale Day, but uh, uh, but that was one. Now, I can tell you one of the most annoying things uh, about garage sales. You know, you you put up your – Uh, your permit, and you say, I'm going to have a garage sale from eight to three, or you advertise it eight to noon, eight to three, whatever you're going to do. A lot of people do say, I'm having a garage sale from eight to three. And when nobody has shown up for a half an hour after lunch, then you just shut it all down and you drag everything in. Um, But there are people that don't (laughs) respect the hours of the garage sale. And the first group are the early birds. Every year, there's early birds. Um, you know, we had a garage sale at our, at our old house and we said, you know, it starts at 8am, no early birds. People knocked on our door at 7am. Hey, can we look at your stuff? No, we haven't even drugged it out. We're not even awake yet. What are you doing? You know, but there's always early birds cause they got to get that, that good deal, you know, on whatever. Uh, and then the other group are what I always call the, the late sweepers. And they're the people that will show up, you know, I remember one year we had, my wife had, um, uh, lost a lot of weight. And so she had advertised that she had some larger clothes for sale and large, large clothes are expensive, man. And and so, I mean, she had like business suits that she'd paid 50 or a hundred dollars for and she had them for $5. And towards the end of the day, these people show up and they're like, Hey, will you take five bucks for all those? Like for 20 suits? I go, No. No, I'm not going to take, you know, five bucks for 20 suits. Uh, or they'll just go, you know, you have these tables set up with all these different things. They're like, hey, we give me, I'll give you five bucks for the whole table. Mm, no, no thanks. But I'm sure people do it, you know, or or they wouldn't, they wouldn't, that wouldn't be an option. That wouldn't be a technique they used. But uh, um, yeah, the, you always get those people at garage sales that are just trying to like buy everything. And you know that they're reselling it uh, and doing something like that, which, which makes me mad anyway. <laughs> But, um, so, so I would describe my childhood, that whole era of garage sale day, uh, I would call that garage sale day 1.0. Um, you know, it's just that memory of being a kid of having the freedom of loading my pockets with change to go out, to ride my bike up and down every street, just buy crap. Um, you know, dart guns God, I mean, there's so many things that I remember coming home with. Um, and some of it broke the next day and he didn't even care. He didn't even care because it was garage sale day stuff, you know, but, um, it was such a good memory. So fast forward a few years, you know, and, uh, everybody that was my age had moved away from sun Valley. I mean, all the kids that were my age had all graduated high school and, Eventually, you know, when we were talking five years out of high school, it all moved out, got their own places. Uh, some entire families moved away. The Roark's moved away. The uh, uh, the dad passed away and the mom moved, I think, to Wyoming and all the Roark kids moved away. And that was it, you know, and around the corner from them was uh, the Coates house and the Coates moved and the Frizzell's moved. And, and you know, so, all, so the neighborhood started to change, you know, it wasn't um, – Uh, you know, the, the, one of the selling points of garage sale day was running into all your friends and your neighbors and all that. And when they start leaving, uh, it it starts to feel like just normal garage sales, you know, but I remember going back one time to garage sale, garage sale day. I was probably 25 ish. I don't know. And I ran into the Martins, you know, I've talked about my buddy, Jeff, it was his family and they were out there just shopping, you know, but, uh, it was I'd ran into them just in the street, you know, just saw them and, and they saw me and we stood and talked and, and my, my buddy, Andy, who I interviewed earlier on, you don't know flat. I ran into his family. They live in sun Valley and. you know they were out doing shopping. I was doing shopping and down the street was this kid named Robert. Uh, he had moved to Kansas city, but he had come back because his mom still lived in the neighborhood. And I ran into Robert and I ran into this other girl that had moved to Atlanta and she had come back. And so I think of this new generation of, uh, returning, returning to the neighborhood I grew up in as garage sale day 2.0. And it's so much less about, uh, the stuff. Now don't get me wrong. I buy lots of stuff every year at garage sale day. I buy lots of stuff, but it was kind of this thing where even though those of us that grew up in the Valley, you know, we call ourselves the kids of the Valley, um, but, uh, uh, or children of the Valley sometimes, but, uh, but it was, we were all returning. And so it, even though that, you know, like the Roark's had moved away, they came back for garage sale day and I came back for garage sale day and we ran into each other. So, that's kind of um, garage sale day 2.0 and i'll tell you another part of garage sale day um 2.0 is bringing your kids uh, back and and i th- i think um, you know that's i remember one time right after uh, mason was uh, was born he was real little i mean he's probably like less like 2 months old and just taking him out of the house for the first time. We went to home Depot and I remember walking up to strangers and being like, this is my son and just being so proud. Just like almost, it almost brings me to tears now just thinking about that, you know? And now when people do that to me, I go, Oh my God, I've seen babies. (laughs) I don't need to see yours. Jeez. You know, (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like when you're on the other end of that, um, it is a feeling that is indescribable. It's like, if you somehow bought, you know, a mansion and a Lamborghini and, and hit the lottery and all this stuff all at once, I mean, but even more, but, and then somehow you made all those things, like, it's like the world's greatest creation. And, and, you know, you go to the, the, I remember going up to this lady's house and I was like. Oh, I just wanted to show you my kid, you know? And they were like, oh. And then she was like, and who are you again? And I was like, I used to hang out with your son. I was Robbie O'Hara. I lived down there. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think I remember you. I just thought, what a weird thing I just did. (laughs) It was so awkward. Like afterwards, I was like, well, that was weird. That didn't go how I imagined it would go. But it was – but that was kind of this part of Garage Sale Day 2.0 was people came back. The kids that I grew up with came back with their kids and you you indoctrinated them into garage sale day so it was uh it was almost like a neighborhood block party like a reunion of the people who lived there you know and and over time we kind of started developing new traditions for garage sale day like every year um, so on Friday, since my dad still lives in, in uh, Sun Valley on Friday, my dad would go around and kind of get the 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 lay of the land you know he would send me a message and be like okay on this street there's some good stuff and we got to go to this street first and be like all right you know, so Dad kind of gets the plan uh and then at seven thirty you now my parents have uh been divorced for 20 years now, but my mom and her new husband, they would come to garage sale day. My sister lives in sun Valley now and her kids. And we would all go down to my dad's around seven thirty, and somebody would be in charge of buying donuts. And so we would sit there and everybody would have a donut and some milk. And then, you know, it was like kind of like, you know, we're off to see the wizard. Like we all get together down the yellow brick road and we go, all right, everybody ready. And we head out the door And we're off to go to garage sales and multiple generations now, right? Like my parents and then me and my sister and then, uh, and and our spouses and then our kids, you know, that, uh, third generation. So it's kind of, it's a little different, but, uh, uh, it's still pretty cool. Now I could tell you over the, uh, a few years, uh, of garage sale 2.0, I would say, um, I remember one year. Uh, we went to, and again, this is when, you know, you, you've been hanging around a neighborhood too long. Every house is where so-and-so used to live, you know? Uh, so this was, uh, uh, Ricky Holcomb's old house. He did not live there anymore. Uh, but whoever did live there had kids that had kind of grown out of Legos. And I went up there and they had one of those giant, I think it's a 30 gallon tub of Legos. And, um, they said they wanted $200 for it which I did not have. Um, But I told him, I said, I, my dad said, Hey, I've got, I've got cash at my house, which is right down the street. And I told the people, I said, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. Uh, And I was like, and I told him, I said, look, I know it's worth more than that. I said, I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to give it to my kids to play Legos with. Um, And and to be honest with you, I don't think you're going to get $200 for anything on garage sale day. And they were like, okay. So we ran back to my dad's house, got a hundred dollars and, And came back and paid for it and then hauled these Legos. I mean, it was so heavy, this giant tub of Legos. And I still have those Legos. My kids did not really inherit the love of Legos that I had. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, that, that's, that was a big purchase for me for garage sale day. Um, there was also a house down the street it was one of those houses that, um, you know, those houses that always have like a million things in their yards, like little statues and little, all just different kinds of stuff. And she had a, uh, a ram skull, uh, sitting there and I picked it up and I was like, Hey, how much is this? And she goes, Oh man, it's not really, not really for sale, you know? And I was like, Oh, you know, cause I really wanted to put it in, in front of my house and, and then she goes, you know what? I, I don't need this stuff around here anymore. And I think I paid her a dollar or two for it. And we had it in front of my house for a long time, like in the flower bed. And then um, the one time we hired these uh, uh, people to come remove a tree from my house, and they stole it. <laughs> I had a video footage, and I called them later, and they said, oh, he doesn't have it anymore. Nothing happened. But, boy, that was a bummer. I thought that thing was cool. Um, I'll tell you one other thing that I got. You know, I, I have um, a a full size skeleton that I bought from, uh, I believe it's called shop anatomical. It's like a one that you would see in a, in a science classroom. It's, it's, uh, not a real skeleton, uh, but it's, it's molded from a real skeleton. So it's the same height and weight and everything as a real skeleton. Uh, and I went to a garage sale in, uh, uh Sun Valley. And on this table, there was a gas mask and it was a real gas mask. And it had the hoses coming off the bottom. It was super cool. And I picked it up and uh it was an old guy running the garage sale. And I go, Hey, how much for this gas mask? And he goes, Oh yeah, it's not really for sale. I just had pulled it out or whatever. And I was like, Oh man. And so I was like, it's really cool. And I sat it down, you know, and then he stopped me. He goes, well, he goes, if I sold it to you, what are you going to do with it? And I go, you want me to be honest with you? And he goes, yeah. And I said, I've got this skeleton named Mick rib. <laughs> He's named after the Mick rib sandwich, but his name is Mick, Mick rib. And, uh, I said, he hangs out in my room all the time. And, uh, sometimes I put hats or masks on him or stuff and I would, and I would love to put this gas mask. I think it looks so cool. It would look like a, you know, like a world war II fighter, like from heavy metal or something that went down and he's got this gas mask on. And the guy was like, look at me that he just handed to me. He goes, here you go. He goes, that's a cool story. <laughs> I go, How much you want for it? He goes, Nope, <laughs> just take it. Cause it's just sitting in my garage. I'd rather it's on a, a skull in your room. I go, "All right." <laughs> so that's where the gas mask from uh, McRib came from. Uh, so, <laughs> As you could tell on Garage Sale Day, you buy a lot of stuff, and some of it's big, heavy stuff, like those Legos were heavy, you know? And so we were trying to come up with this idea of uh, sometimes you would drive around in your car, but it's a pain in the butt because you got to find places to park, and, you know, you park in people's driveway, and if it's crowded, you know, you got people on the left, people on the right, park, like cars on the left, cars on the right, people walking down the middle of the street. You can't get your car down the street, you know? And so... My dad had this riding lawnmower that was really old and he bought a new one. And so he took the blades and everything off the old one. He took the whole cutting assembly off the bottom and he was like, Hey, I'm going to drive this around on garage sale day. So he started driving his riding lawnmower around his old riding lawnmower around on garage sale day. Um, And he had this little trailer for it. And we were like, Hey, we can put crap in the trailer. You know, we buy stuff and we were like, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, And then a few years later, I bought a golf cart. Uh, now the golf cart's a whole different story. I did not buy it at garage sale day. I bought it. I saw it for sale and it runs off of batteries and the batteries were dead. And so the guy, it, I got a really good deal on it, but then I had to buy all the batteries. And so I took the golf cart over on garage sale day. I put it on the trailer and I took it over there. And my dad was like, that is a great idea. And he and I rode around on the, on the golf cart, you know, and then he got a golf cart. And by the way, neither one of us have, have he used to be a caddy when he was a, you know, early preteen. Uh, but that's the last time he's been on a golf course. I've never been on a golf course. So I just wanted a golf cart. I thought it'd be cool. So now for garage sale day, I would take my golf cart over there and the two of us would drive around on our golf carts, you know? Uh, and then I got a trailer, uh, for my golf cart. And, and so we would drive around and just like, like I would take um bungee cords and I would put a couple of those, uh, Uh, Well, before I had the trailer, I took a bungee cord and I bungeed one of those uh, 20 gallon tubs to the roof of my golf cart. And so when we buy stuff, we just throw it up in the tub (laughs) and just drive around. Then when I got the trailer, we put the tub on the back of the trailer. And so we would drive around, just throw all the stuff we bought in there. Uh, And one year I bought a futon. So I needed a futon and uh, I wanted to put it in my spare room. Uh, and we found one and it didn't have a mattress. I didn't want a mattress anyway. I wanted to buy a new mattress, but, uh, but I saw this futon. It was like 10 bucks for the frame or something. And so, um, we bought it and I had these bungee cords that we put it on the roof of my golf cart and we, uh, Strapped it down or whatever. We drove around all day with a futon on top of my golf cart. Um, but, but, uh, man, that was, that was fun. Just driving around, you know, I'd, I'd take my wife and the kids would just go walk. They would go do their own thing. But uh, my dad would drive around and, and I would drive around and, and we just do the whole neighborhood, just driving around and, um, and our golf carts going from house to house and doing our shopping, you know? Um, but over time, there are less and less garage sales on garage sale day. Um, you know, thrift stores are a big thing now. I think a lot of people just go, hey, I'm not going to go through the hassle of having a garage sale. I'm just going to take all my crap and, and uh, go dump it at the thrift store. I don't need the 50 bucks I'm going to make or 100 bucks I'm going to make. I just go dump that stuff, you know. Uh, so that's a competition. Also, people selling stuff, they could just put it on Craigslist. So it's like a garage sale day every day, you know? Um, you just say, Hey, I got a a refrigerator and people will come get it. You don't got to wait till April to get rid of it. You get rid of it right then. Uh, Facebook Marketplace and eBay, those are, you know, other. So it's all these online sale things that have kind of started to replace, uh, garage sales. Another thing that's happened is now around here, there are competing neighborhood garage sales again when when pat deckard started this tradition way back in the late 70s at least around here i don't think anybody had heard of a neighborhood garage sale but now every neighborhood has their own neighborhood garage sale you know so um and sometimes they'll even do it on the same weekend as the sun valley one and that really wrecks stuff but but, uh, you know, I mean, one or two neighborhood garage sale days is kind of enough <laughs> for me for a year, you know? Like, I don't need to go every weekend for three months to different neighborhoods. You just, how much, you know, broken whiteboards and, and old pictures and stuff do you really need? You know what I mean? So you just kind of get burned out on it, I suppose. Um, I think the, the biggest issue with garage sale day in sun Valley is that the neighborhood has kind of completely turned over, you know, all the people, uh, I mean, there's very few people now that live in the neighborhood that lived in the neighborhood when I was a kid. Uh, there's still a few old timers out there, you know, but, uh, um, you know, so many people have moved away and because so many people moved away, when people come back to visit, there's nobody left there to visit. So the people quit coming back to visit. You know, so it, it's just kind of a different neighborhood now now, the big nail in the coffin, I suppose uh I should not have used that comparison um, but was the passing of Pat Deckard now I've talked about uh, Pat Deckard, who passed away uh, towards the end of 2020 um, you know she was i at one point I said she was the matriarch of of Sun Valley she was like the mom figure of the whole neighborhood, you know, and not just to the kids. I mean, to everybody, you know, it was her farm. Like I said, for the the realtor, thing, everybody knew Pat Deckard. You could find strangers. And if you mentioned Pat Deckard, they would go, oh yeah, I I know Pat Deckard, you know. Um, But she was the one that organized it. She had all these connections and she um, knew how to do this stuff. She would put the ad in the paper. She would put a banner out in front of the neighborhood, you know, a month before That would say garage sale day on this date. And then people would go, oh, okay. You know, and so people start getting ready and, and, um, you know, if you wanted to have a garage sale, you could pay her and she would go down and get all the permits at once. She would go get, you know, 50 permits or whatever. I'm telling you what, there was, I, I, I said a rough estimate in Sun Valley, there's 150 houses. I guarantee there were years where at least half, if not more of the people who lived there had garage sales on garage sale day, you know? So every year I look forward to garage sale day. I remember the the, um, year and a half that I was in Spokane covered two different garage sale days. And my dad was like, I can't believe you're going to miss garage sale day. (laughs) Like it would almost seem like something you would fly home for to, to go to garage sales, you know? So there's a Facebook group for my old neighborhood, for Sun Valley, and it's uh, just for people that live there, and uh, I'm, I'm a member of it, and there are half a dozen posts where people are trying to figure out how to organize garage sale day this year. A lot of the posts have to do with the banner, people saying, where's the banner? I can't find the banner. Who had the banner last? Well, I could tell you, Pat Deckard paid for the banner. It was her thing. So it's probably at her old house. It probably got sold or boxed up or something. But instead of taking ownership and, and being like, hey, let's make, you know, let's re-kick off garage sale day or whatever, they just spent all this time squabbling over who has the banner. Nobody put signs up. Nobody put an ad in the local paper. Nobody posted it on Craigslist. And then the week of the sale on the Facebook group, they said, well, there it might rain on Friday, so we're going to cancel garage sale day. Now, let me tell you, I remember going to garage sale days. I mean, we've had every kind of weather. We've had it where it's 80 degrees, 90 degrees. We've had it that it was raining, like torrential rains, like people's front yards are flooding. People just move all their crap up into their garage. I mean, there is no way in the past 40 years that any garage sale day would ever have been canceled due to weather. You could have tornadoes. Like active tornadoes and people will be like, well, hang on to something because <laughs> I know there's a dress down there I want to buy. I mean, it's just like such a wimpy thing to see garage sale day canceled because of a threat of rain, you know, and just to see this complete lack of organization of people not being able to commit to something of people not being able to organize something. It's just a huge bummer. And so I saw in the group, a lot of people said, you know, we already bought our permits. So we're going to have a garage sale day, whether or not you do it or not. So I went over to my dad's, Uh, the two of us, I didn't even take my, my golf cart. We got in this truck, we drove around, we found six garage sales, six garage sales out of 150 houses. I mean, it's not even, I'm not even sure that you could call it garage sale day. I mean, it was just. I don't know. It was just um, a real letdown. We didn't see any other people. We knew none of the six garage sales were houses that we knew. I mean, the people that we knew, it just really kind of feels like it's over, you know? And I hate that. Like I hate, um, you know, there's something, something that ties into my own personal nostalgia is wanting to share the things that I loved with my kids, you know, like, there could be a brand new, great theme park, but I want to take my kids to the old theme park that I liked as a kid. I want my kids to like Star Wars more than Harry Potter because I grew up with Star Wars. I want them to like that, you know, I want my kids to try Nintendo, not Nintendo Switch. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so so there's that part where you go, I really want them to go to garage sale and enjoy it. and And they did when they were young. But, man, it, it just seems like it fizzled out, and I don't know that it's coming back. I don't know that they'll, they'll do it in the future. And, again, there's a million other neighborhood garage sale days. Uh, all of the neighborhoods do it now, so it's not like you can't have that experience. But I can't have the experience that I had growing up. It just seems like that might be over. Up another episode of You Don't Know Flag. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget, if you have feedback about this or any episode of the show, you can always email me directly at Rob O'Hara at RobOHara.com. Join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcast. Follow me on Twitter at Commodore or leave me a message on the podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. All patreons, of my I guess those are patrons of my shows, uh, get behind the scene blog posts, weekly videos. Access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server and other additional perks. To find out more, visit patreoncom slash O'Hara. You don't know Flack is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and its own RSS feed, which you can find at podcast.RaboHerra.com. To hear more podcasts from me, like Sprite Castle, Cactus Flax, Throwback Reviews, and Multiple Sadness, visit podcast.RaboHerra.com for links to these shows. Thanks again for tuning in. Maybe I'll run into you at another neighborhood garage sale. I'll see you next time.